are political, and I want to do it in a respectful manner, not to make other people think that I think that they're stupid. I want to share my beliefs and uh, hear other people's beliefs, and maybe their beliefs can sway mine a little bit. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I can out-debate them, you know? And uh, because this fight shit is so minuscule in life, like, you think, uh, it, yes, it's, it's great for me and a uh, small circle of people that I can help, and, but th- this shit is so minuscule. You have people out there being oppressed by governments. You have, <laughs> shit, it's, it, we fall into that category, believe it or not. If you want me to get real political, you know, the Federal Reserve is a corrupt institution. There, I, I went out and said it, you know. Um, these people control our dollar, brother, and we didn't vote for them. Think about it. You know, you got 13 board members voting on the value of the dollar. Did we vote for that? No, it's corrupted. So for me to actually be able to talk about something greater than fighting is is more purposeful than anything I could talk about related to fighting. And, uh, yeah, so I'm grateful to be able to do that. And uh, a lot of people say, oh, well, you're just a, a – you know, they say shut up and fight. You know what I mean? Well, you know what? If you don't want to hear that shit, turn off the TV and watch the fight. You don't got to watch my interviews. Then turn them off then. If, if you, instead of telling me to shut up, why don't you just stop listening, you know? Because there's a lot of people that, that agree with what I'm saying about um, some of my political views, and I'm happy to talk about them and debate about them. There was some wise dude way back in the day. It was either Socrates or Plato or uh, Hippocrates or uh, somebody, but he said, if you do not partake in your government, you will be ruled by people who are stupider than you. And that's what he said. Now, he, it was give or take a couple a of words. Paraphrase. It's paraphrased. But if we, the people, do not choose and are not active in conversations about what's going on in our government, well, then these idiots are going to control everything we do and we won't have a say in it. So, yeah, I'm political because these people control me. And then you want to tell me that I can't talk and I have to shut up and fight and I can't talk about... No, I'm controlled completely by the government. I'm controlled completely by the value of the dollar because I get paid in dollars, okay? I don't get paid in pure gold. I get paid in dollars. And so I have a say about, um, in my opinion, I have a say um, about political issues, so... Well, Saturday night, it'll be the minuscule part of your life that we'll be focusing on. I know you kind of said it's going to be bloody, it's going to be messy. I guess, is that what you're expecting when you play this thing out? Is this is this a back and forth, you know, kind of a brawling battle? Or is this a fight that maybe you can go in there and do something quick, surprise them, dominate them? I don't know what's in store in the future, but I'm prepared for either. Bryce, right here. Uh, yes, sir. This is your first fight under the Venom gear, right? Uh, did they, are they getting you your camo shorts? Yes, sir. I sure do. I, I got them, and I've really got to thank God, and I've got to thank Hunter Campbell because you wouldn't believe the power of prayer, brother. About three weeks out from this fight, Hunter Campbell was saying, we can't do it. There ain't enough time. Venom, their factories are shut down. My, my, my whole family was down on their knees praying. I was down on my knees praying. I had people in my inner circle praying, and then about two weeks out from the fight or a week out, I called Hunter Campbell, and I said, listen, brother, we can make this happen. I know we can. There's a guy in Nashville that can do it. And uh, I said, you're missing out on a huge demographic. And Hunter Campbell, we were laughing and joking. And he said, you know what? Let me make some calls. I'm going to see what I can. And it wasn't a guarantee. But I just, after that phone call with Hunter Campbell, I knew that this is it's going to be able to happen. So I'm so blessed and I'm so happy. Thank you, Hunter Campbell. Thank you, Dana White. Thank you, Venom. And thank you for all the people that pulled these strings and got this shit done for me.
What is the MMA scene in Arkansas right now? I know Ben Parrish made a bit of noise in Bellator. He got really popular. He's obviously credited you for the scene. So what is the scene of MMA in Arkansas these days? Uh, ben Parrish is, is like a brother from another mother. Uh, you know, great, great fighter. And we've known each other over the years. And um, really, the, the MMA community out there is pretty small. But kind of everybody knows each other. And... Um, you know, I care what those people think about me, and I think very highly of them. And uh, it's 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 you know pretty cool to have that uh, camaraderie amongst people. You know, before his last fight, he said uh, he was bringing his quote unquote heavy hitters to the crowd with him, just in case there were crowd fights. If he won, are you bringing anyone with you to this fight? Sounds like I don't got to. Sounds like they're all showing up there, and them people ain't kidding, brother. I mean, there's you know people really support me back home and um, you know I mean something to them and they mean something to me so it's it's an honor to be here he said he also had he believes the most crowd fights in MMA like after his fights people in the crowd would try to fight him if he be a hometown fan have you fought anyone in the crowd after one of your fights no that's why I get the hell out of there and he ain't kidding brother yeah we've seen the fights in the crowd I've been looking there was one time I was walking out of a, out of the lobby and this whole storm of people like 14 15 I don't even know there's a shit ton of people just like it was like a, a, a storm of people just goes past me and they're throwing punches UFC out of it you know I, I want my rap to to reach people Cheers, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Bryce. Just at the back over here, bro. What's up, brother? What's up, man? Um, a lot of people think politics should stay out of sport, but considering you're not one of those people, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the whole Russia and Ukraine situation. You know, um, here, here's my first thought is I'm not going nowhere to fight none of these wars for these politicians. I'm staying at home, and when the war comes to Arkansas, I will dig my boots in the ground, and I will die for everything I love, and I will not retreat. If this country's invaded and everybody's saying, well, we got to we got to evacuate, we got to leave, we got I will not. I will dig my boots in the Arkansas soil and I will fight for the people that I love, for the land that I love and the way of life that I love. But I'm not going overseas to fight. I don't know what's going on, to be honest, brother. I really don't. There's so much stuff and I don't think nobody knows what's going on fully. There's been so much political corruption in that area. You got Biden and his son making a shit ton of money off of um, and using our tax dollars to bribe their people that's treasonous in my opinion uh so you got hunter biden and his son using our tax dollars hey if if ukrainian government if you don't do this we're taking your tax dollars he shouldn't be giving our tax dollars to that country anyway we got veterans out here sleeping on the street and you're gonna give our freaking tax dollars to these ukrainians and all the, i brother i don't know what's going on over there but I'm not going over there fighting, and God bless anybody that's over there fighting, and I hope that this shit just gets solved, and, man, I don't like war, you know what I mean? I don't want people dying and all that stuff. I don't want to be, but I don't know what's going on. There's so much stuff that I think that's corrupted that we just don't know what's truly going on over there, and I just, I pray all those people are safe, and I don't want none of that, you know, I have no control over that shit, and I don't really know enough to talk about it too much, but thank you for asking. Thank you very much. I took a lot too long, but I thought, you know, this uh, good old boy, this kid from Arkansas, he he made some good points there in a very simplistic way. Uh, <clears throat> and people ridicule him because of his accent. 
Like, I get shit for my accent. But you don't have to be able to split atoms to understand there's a lot of corruption going on in the world. And talking about, you know, the U.S. dollar, uh, you know, he mentioned that. Uh, that was uh, Bruce Mitchell, um, or Bryce Mitchell, an up-and-coming ultimate fighter. And uh, he's been on a roll. He's like 15-0 and 0 in ultimate fighting. But anyways, uh, you know, he's a Christian guy. He's a patriotic American. And so tonight I caught some breaking news, a few things. This uh, Secretary Blinken, our, uh, no, I forget, Secretary Blinken, leave it at that, has authorized, obviously through Biden and other officials, the uh, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, to use fighter jets to uh, strike at Russian targets. That's obviously going to escalate the battle. We'll see if Putin goes to his nuclear first strike option. Uh, everyone says it will not be a Hiroshima or Nagasaki strike. It would be a tactical nuclear strike. Uh, against a NATO, uh, maybe military installation or NATO infrastructure within a NATO country. However, that's, that sets off a whole chain of events uh, when it comes to nuclear war. Now, that being said, this is Americana, the American way. I am Big John. Follow me on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. Of course, on all the podcasting platforms and Rumble.com. This channel is called Americana, the American Way. I hope you enjoyed that little seven-minute clip of Bryce Mitchell, uh, good up-and-coming UFC fighter. Seems like a good Christian kid. I'll be right back. Alright, now some developments here. I promised you guys a, a video talking about the neo-Nazis in Ukraine. Uh, but first, again, follow me on Twitter and get her at the real underscore Big John. Hit the like, the share, the subscribe, the rumble buttons, all those things. Leave comments and so on and so forth. One development that's going to have a lasting repercussion for the United States possibility uh, is that Russia Russia India and China are going to trade amongst the three of them in currency not the US dollar and they're gonna use I'm gonna have to put glasses on even though there's a glare uh, so you guys won't be able to see my eyes. You'll see the computer reflecting in my glasses. But 45 years old, old age is creeping in on me, all right? Shut up. So one thing...
Putin has been buying gold for Russia uh, ever since the Bretton Woods Agreement uh, was it post World War Two? Maybe post World War One. Uh, anyhow, you can look up the Bretton Woods Agreement. The international currency standard has been the United States dollar. Uh, this was so that the price of gold wouldn't be manipulated and therefore you know the value of the dollar would remain steady uh, right now because the European Union essentially took Russia out of the SWIFT banking system SWIFT SWIFT it's an abbreviation but it's basically one of the biggest world banks. They're now moving, Russia, India, China are moving towards an agreement to use a different currency to trade with one another. They're also moving away from Visa, which is you know the, the largest credit card, credit banking system. Uh, your debit cards, your traditional credit cards, all that are Visa, not all of them, I mean MasterCard and stuff too, but um, they're moving away from that. So your inept, weak president, Biden, uh, has hurt America again uh, by making it possible for Russia to and China and India that's like three billion people to move away from the US dollar so we'll be seeing in the near future how this weakens the dollar uh, and so on and so forth let's try not to drift off into gasoline prices here but uh, so from mother Russia not that's just an old saying Russia's not my mother or my mother country, the United States is obviously. Uh, Vlad, old Vladimir Putin, said the US is making a colossal strategic mistake undermining confidence in the dollar. Putin has never called for restricting dollar transactions or banning the use of US currency. However, Russian finance minister Anton so, uh, Silvanovo, S-I-L-U-A-N-O-V, Silvino, whatever, said earlier this year the country had to dump its holdings of U.S. Treasuries in favor of more secure assets such as the ruble, the euro, and precious metals. I said he's been buying gold. Russia's been buying gold. Uh, the country's already taken several steps towards de-dollarizing de the economy due to current, the constantly growing burden of sanctions introduced in 2014 over a number of issues. So this is not anything recent, but it has escalated uh, in recent days. Uh, Russia has developed... The national payment system as an alternative to 
Swift, Visa, and MasterCard after the U.S. threatened tougher new sanctions that would target the Russian financial system. So far, Moscow has managed to partially phase out the greenback from its exports, signing a currency swap currency swap agreements with a number of countries, including China, India, and Iran. Russia has recently proposed using the euro instead of the dollar in trade with the European Union. So we'll see how the European Union accepts that. Obviously, they're going to have some say in this as well. Um, so you've got three billion people. India, the world's sixth largest economy, one of the biggest merchandise importers, uh, affected by you know global geopolitical conflicts, uh, impacted by sanctions applied to its trading partners, which Russia is one of those. Um, earlier, Delhi switched to ruble payments on supplies of Russian S-400 air defense systems uh, as a result of U.S. economic penalties introduced against Moscow. The country also had to switch to the rupee to purchase Iranian crude after Washington reinstated sanctions against Tehran in December. Uh, India and the United Arab Emirates sealed a currency swap agreement to boost trade and investment without involvement of a third currency. So as the world turns, the U.S. dollar may no longer be the global trading currency. Uh, this is from Eurasian, the Eurasian Times. Or, pardon me, the Kerr Asian Times, C U R A S I A N, Kerr Asian Times. Uh, I'll link it in the description on Rumble. But you have in the headline here Russia, or pardon me, India, Russia, and China leading, lead in ditching the US dollar as the global currency. I mean, that's big because. You know, that's how our uh, personal economy is propped up. Uh, of course, you have the petrodollar. The American dollar is the official standard for trading petroleum, oil, around the world. If that petro, if the other world petro suppliers uh, <laughs> stop trading in American dollars, and we don't become a top exporter like we were 15 months ago of oil. So we can't say, hey, you want to trade in oil, you got to trade in dollars. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of trouble. The U.S. dollar is going to lose its value real quick. Um, and that's why crypto is so big right now. However... 
the, the Federal Reserve and all its bureaucracy is threatening to take over the cryptocurrency. So we'll see how it goes with that. Um, I, I really think, you know, at times there needs to be a way that you and I and I and you can just fucking trade. And that's how crypto was. Uh, you know, you had people become crypto millionaires where uh, one cryptocurrency was worth like 30,000 US dollars. Or it might still be. It might be worth more than that. But uh, Bitcoin, that's what I was trying to say. Bitcoin was worth like, you know, 30 grand to a dollar. But why can't I trade in whatever dollars I damn well please? Because <clears throat> to be frank with you, if this shit keeps going the way it's going, we're going to be back to a barter economy in the United States. Uh, <laughs> or... You know, or the dollar will be subsidiary to the euro or the rupee or whatever you want to call it. And we will be judged on, you know, how much is the dollar worth versus, uh, let's say, the Japanese yen. For a while, the yen was, you know, kicking our ass in the 80s, uh, something like that. Or maybe it'll be the ruble. I doubt that. The rupee, something like that. So, we shall see as the world and geopolitical economics uh, continue. But, I promised you guys uh, something on these neo-Nazis in the Ukraine. So, I picked up three very non-traditional sources of news to look at and read about and uh, fill us in on. What's going on with neo-Nazis in uh, Ukraine? And the first one is going to come from Al Jazeera. So that ought to be neato. Back momentarily. Here, folk. So, uh, let's get into this uh, neo-Nazi stuff coming out of Ukraine. Um, Al Jazeera. I went to the most uh, non-traditional place I could go here. And uh, obviously this is way outside the American wheelhouse. Okay. Now it's important to understand that when you're talking about military relief aid going to the Ukrainian, the the Ukrainian rank and file fighting the Ruskies. Some of your your good old American tax bucks are going to these neo Nazis. All right, this ain't bullshit. This is something I take serious. I do not like fucking Nazis. My pap, my grandpap. 
my grandfather, however you want to word that, wherever you're from, where I'm from, we call our grandpa our pap, all right? Deal with it. Uh, he stormed the beaches of Normandy as a young man to save the world from the original Nazis. I grew up around a lot of ethnic people, um, and I can't stand fucking Nazis or skinheads or the Ku Klux Klan, or any bigotry or racism, like Joe Biden. Like, do I snuck that one in there? Anya? Huh? Huh? You like that? Who's your daddy? Anyhow. So, here we go. Um, profile from Al Jazeera. News, military... Profile, who are Ukraine's far right as of regiment, A-Z-O-V regiment. Subheadline, the far right neo-Nazi group has expanded to become a part of Ukraine's armed forces, a street militia and political party. Uh, there's a nice photograph, and I saw this a few days ago on the internet, well, a few weeks ago maybe, when all this started. Uh, some, these uh, neo-Nazis that have uh, been around Ukraine a while, and they've kind of worked their way into Yuki government, kind of the way um, Hamas did. Hamas was the uh, terrorist enforcement wing of the uh, Palestine Liberation Organization way back in the 70s, or maybe 60s, I don't know. I wasn't alive then. I was alive halfway through the 70s, though. Um, anyways, Hamas you know, worked its way as the terrorist hit organization for the Palestine Liberation Organization. And then they started to grow their way into the uh, Palestinian government. Now they're a force in the Palestinian government. They are the Palestinian government. Okay? But anyways, so this uh, neo-Nazi group, let me get there. It's Azov. They are the enforcers, in a way, for the Ukrainian government. They're like the uh, ter the terrorists, the ones that are going to fight the guerrilla war when Ukraine can't take on the Russian army head-on, obviously. Uh, they're training people, and I started to describe this photograph. They have, some of them have actual AK-47 uh military rifles uh, some AK-47's uh, the military grade has a selector switch where you can go from semi-automatic to three round burst to fully automatic if I'm not mistaken that's what some of the regular uh, Azov troops have Others have a cardboard or wooden 
cutout of <laughs> an AK-47. Uh, it, it, look, it looks a lot like it, but it's a piece of wood or a piece of cardboard until they can get actual AK-47s for their new recruits. Okay? <laughs> I'm just telling you what I see in the photograph. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's, let's get in here. Right to the meat and potatoes of this. Uh, so what is the Azov Regiment? Azov is a far-right, all-volunteer infantry unit whose members esti uh, estimate 900. So not a lot, but just, you know, enough to stir some shit. Um, you know, Ukraine has been preparing for guerrilla war. Telling its people to learn to make Molotov cocktails and so on and so forth. Molotov cocktail is a bottle filled with gasoline or an inflammatory with a rag stuffed in it, and then you just throw it at people or tanks to do whatever damage you can. So, okay, the ultra-nationalist and, uh, and accused of harboring neo-Nazi and white supremacist ideology. Uh, the unit was initially formed as a volunteer group in May 2014 out of the ultra-nationalist Patriot of Ukraine gang. Uh, Patriot of Ukraine is the official name for it. Gang is what Al Jazeera calls it. The pro, or pardon me, the neo-Nazi Social National Assembly SNA group. Both groups alleged or engage in xenophobic and neo-Nazi ideals and physically assault or migrants, the Roma community, and people opposing their views. So this is according to Al Jazeera and a lot of other places too. Neo-Nazis are kind of dicks. Uh, so as a battalion, the group fought on the front lines against pro-Russian separatists in Donetsk, D-O-N-E-T-S-K, Donetsk, the eastern region of Ukraine. Just before launching the invasion, Putin recognized the independence of two rebel regions from Donbass. Okay, so Donbass, this war, these neo-Nazis have been fighting people in Donbass on behalf of Ukraine for a while. Okay. Uh... They've been trying to hold the fort down, and Russia finally said, well, piss on you. I'm telling the total opposite side that I'm used to telling of this story. But Russia finally said, piss on you if NATO is going to come to our front door, and the European Union 
and all of this are going to come into Ukraine, we're going to push back and we're going to take this Donbass region. We're going to recognize its independence and then we're just going to invade the rest of Ukraine while we're at it. So that's where we are with this right now. Okay. Uh, continue with the Al Jazeera article. A few months after recapturing the strategic port of Maripol from the Russian-backed separatist, the unit officially integrated into the National Guard of Ukraine. This is in November of 2014. So again, this conflict... This, you know, ongoing little war that we haven't heard anything about has been going on for almost eight years now, 2014 to 2022, all right? Um, they, uh, they exacted high praise from the president of Ukraine back then, who was Petro Poroshenko. Uh, he said, these are our best warriors, he said, and an, at an awards ceremony in 2014, quote, our best volunteers. So, who founded Azov, the neo-Nazi uh, alleged group? The unit was led by Andry, it's spelled A-N-D-R-I-Y, Beletsky who served as the leader of both the Patriot Ukraine, founded in 2005. So now we're going back even further. This is not something fun and fuck happy and new. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, and the SNA, founded in 2008. Um, the SNA, so 2008, that was when uh, Ukraine first started looking to become part of uh, the NATO alliance. So SNA known to have carried out attacks on minority groups in Ukraine. Uh, Beletsky said Ukraine's national purpose was to lead the white races of the world in a final crusade against semi-semite, pardon me, semite that would be Jewish, Semite-led you, uh, well, Semite-led inferior races. I'm not going to try to pronounce the Ukrainian word for that. Uh, Belinsky was elected to parliament, so he had to leave Azov as an elected official, cannot be part of the military or police. Uh, he remained an MP until 2019. Uh, the 42-year-old 42-year-old is nicknamed Bele Valazod. Valzod. B-E-L-Y-V-O-Z-D. Bele Vazod. Or White Ruler. Ooh, that's a lot scary. Uh, that's what his supporters call him. Belly Vazad. Vaaz Vazad. Uh, he established his far-right National Corps Party. 
pardon me, National Core Party, not Corpse. <laughs> National Core Party in 2016, whose base is Veterans of Azov. So, becoming, before becoming part of Ukraine's armed forces who funded Azov, the unit received backing from Ukraine's Interior Ministry in 2014 as the government recognized its own military was too weak to fight off the pro-Russian separatist and relied on parliamentary or paramilitary, pardon me. They were too weak to fight off pro-Russian separatists, so they relied on paramilitary volunteer forces. Ooh, that's that's fun. Not it's not fun. It's fucking scary. Uh, let's jump to another kind of non-American, uh, I would say, alternate source of media. The Intercept. Now, this is interesting. Mind you, the president of these United States, former president, Donald Trump, is banned from Facebook. But Facebook allows praise of neo-Nazi Ukrainian battalion if it fights the Russian invasion. Subheadline, the reversal raises questions about Facebook's blacklist, blacklist based content moderation, which critics say lacks nuance and context. I would say I agree with that because you know, I have seen I have innocent little posts on Facebook that get censored and there's sarcasm. They're memes. They're silliness. I'm not saying that you know, Facebook is after me. Let me say it without a cigar hanging out of my face. I'm not saying Facebook is after me because I'm a right-wing extremist or anything conspiratorial. I just have some, you know, pricks on... Well, I used to have some pricks that followed me and would report my posts that they didn't like, and then I deleted the pricks. But anyway, not, enough about those pricks. What I'm saying here is, okay, you have a sitting, well, former U.S. president... One or two days after the uh, mishap in D.C., the riot, Donnie Trump was was called a Donald Trump was called an insurrectionist. And banned from Facebook. Now here we have neo-Nazi, white supremacist, pushing a narrative that the white race is superior, which we are not. And they're allowed to receive praise on Facebook. And I would venture to say they probably are allowed to organize and, and post on Facebook in Ukraine. Uh, Facebook has taken down uh, its Russian-based uh, service. Anyhow, but 
people can boast about neo-Nazis on Facebook? So let's read this from TheIntercept.com. Will Facebook temporarily allow its billions of users to praise the Azov Battalion, a Ukrainian neo-Nazi military unit previously banned from freely discuss from freely discussed under the company's dangerous individuals and organizations policy the intercept has learned so okay give facebook a little cred they did ban the uh, azov battalion for neo-nazi white supremacist views i can deal with i can dig that i'm not not a white supremacist. I don't like that. <clears throat> the policy shift made this week is pegged on the ongoing Russian invasion of Ukraine and preceding military escalation. The Azov Battalion, which functions as an armed wing of the broader Ukrainian white nationalist Azov movement, began as a volunteer anti-Russian militia before formally joining the Ukrainian National Guard in 2014. <clears throat> I don't like this next sentence, but I'm going to read it anyway, and then I'll explain. Uh, the regiment is known for its hardcore right-wing ultra-nationalism and neo-Nazi ideology pervasive among its members. The word right wing does not always mean nationalism or racism. That's the word I had a problem with in that sentence. Well, the hyphenated word. But anyways. Uh, it says here, though it has in recent years downplayed its neo-Nazi sympathies and the group uh, affiliates, affiliates are, non, are not subtle. Azov soldiers march and train wearing uniforms bearing icons of the Third Reich. That would be the original Nazis. Uh, its leadership is reportedly courted American alt-right and neo-Nazi elements. Well, Ukraine can have all of America's neo-Nazi fucking elements. I don't want them in my country. So, but because the Russian um, news is being censored here in America and in like the Apple store, the Google store, um, you're not seeing the images of the Russians uh, taking hold of taking yeah taking hold of these Azov bases in the Donbass region. These Azov bases look, from what I've been told and what I've read, they look like Nazi bases from the. 40s. Capiche? Capiche. Sarait? Sarait, as my teacher Mr. Breschek would say. 
never figured out what serite meant, but I, I, I think it means you agree. Um, anyhow, so these bases where these uh, Azov, the Azov Battalion have their outposts where they were fighting off the Russians uh, in the Ukrainian separatist region. They have uh, what are known as, you know, Nazi symbols, uh, I guess like the SS symbol, the, someone said the Nazi eagle, which, just look it up, you can use Google, Google Nazi eagle, it's a, a see I love the American eagle so much, but I don't want our eagle to be confused. The Nazi eagle had like a distinct look to it. Anyways, but that's how these uh, Azov bases are decorated. That's how they separate themselves from the other parts of the Ukrainian military. They want to feel like they're the Nazi SS, Hitler's elite troops. So when they're part of the Ukrainian National Guard or the Ukrainian military, they want to distinguish themselves above the rest, like they're the elite. So they they dress differently. They adorn their their uniforms with old German Nazi designs and logos and badges and medals. I don't, whatever. It disgusts me. I, I mean, I don't how I don't understand how you can call how you can distinguish a human being on their race. And race is not a skin color, Whoopi Goldberg, you dumb bitch. When you're Jewish, you are a religion and you are a race. Okay? It doesn't matter the color of your skin. And Whoopi's a fucking idiot. Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg's real name isn't even Whoopi. It's like Karen Johnson. Obviously, her first name's not Whoopi. But how did she get Goldberg? Uh, hello? We know you're trying to blend in with the Jewish population in Hollywood by adopting a Jewish-sounding last name to get over and get famous, you fucking bitch. And then you say Jewish people aren't a race because they're white. And the, the Holocaust was not racist. All right, I'm getting off, because I started talking about Nazis. Whoopi is not a Nazi, she's just stupid. And honestly, her, Billy Crystal, and Robin Williams were some of my favorite comics growing up. Although Whoopi's movies always sucked. Anyhow, so what does Reuters have to say? This is a little more moderate uh, out of the news articles I chose. Uh, it's a commentary, which means it's an op-ed opinion editorial. Uh, it's by Josh Cohen. It says commentary Ukraine's neo Nazi problem. This is from 2018. 
So again, the, the stuff with Russia and Ukraine is not that new, people. It's just new to us Americans that haven't been following stuff. Okay, as Ukraine's struggle against Russia and its proxy, its proxies continues, Kyiv must also contend with a growing problem behind the front lines. Far-right vigilantes who are willing to use intimidation and even violence to advance their agendas and who often or who often do so with tactic approval of law enforcement agencies ooh that's getting spicy getting creepy hang on a second okay back here so so these neo-nazis uh, it shows these idiots with uh, torches they're wearing uh, somewhat of a uniform uh, I can't really describe it's not looks like they have track suits <laughs> Europeans and Russian, like that part of Russia, they really like track suits. Uh, track suits and uh, beanies or toboggans as we call them. With a specific logo on. They're carrying some torches like idiots. Uh, a January 28th demonstration in Kiev by 600 members of the so-called National Militia. A newly formed ultranational group ultranationalist group that vows to use force to establish order illustrates this threat while the group's Kiev launch was peaceful national militia members in balaclavas b-a-l-a-c-l-a-v-a-s balaclavas stormed the city council meeting in central U the central Ukraine town of Cherske C-H-E-R-K-S or K-A-S-Y Cherske the following day skirmished with deputies forcing them to pass a new budget See, the, many of the militia members come from the Azov movement, one of the 30-odd privately funded volunteer battalions that, in the early days of the war... Now, remember, this is 2018. Okay, so in the early days of the war, helped the regular army defend Ukrainian territory against Russia's separatist proxies. So this would be in that Donbass region where these neo-Nazis have been allowed to uh, kind of engage in a Ku Klux Klan post-Civil War style uh, enforcement role against uh, separatists. Uh, you know, down south, the Ku Klux Klan fended off 
you know, the, uh, the Catholics, the blacks, the Jews, anybody that wanted to reconstruct the South in a Northern image. That's kind of what this Azov bunch is in Ukraine. So let's see here. Although Azov uses Nazi era symbolism and recruits neo-Nazis into its ranks, a recent article in Foreign Affairs, which is a very uh, powerful and famous uh, foreign policy uh, magazine, uh, the Council on Foreign Relations is a big non-governmental uh, world organization. Anyways, Foreign Affairs, their official magazine, downplayed any risk the group might pose, pointing out like other volunteer militias, Azov has been reined in through its integration into Ukraine's armed forces. While it's true that the private militia no longer rules the battlefront, its, no, its home front, Kiev, needs to worry about now. Let me reread that. That didn't come out sounding right. While it's true that the private militias no longer rule the battlefront, it's the home front that Kiev needs to worry about now. So there are people that say, to round that sentence up for you, let me do it one more time and break it down. The private, while the private, la, 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 while it's true, the private militias no longer rule the battle front. It's the home front. Kiev needs to worry about now. Kiev being the capital of Ukraine, okay? What people are saying is these neo-Nazis have worked their way into Ukrainian government positions, bureaucracy, into the military bureaucracy as well, and into the parliament and into city governments. So what Kiev, the capital of Ukraine, needs to worry about is how much of a foothold these private military groups have quietly dug into the normal, quote, air quotes, normal uh, sections of Ukrainian government. And that's what a lot of people in the world are worried about. I wouldn't say a lot. Most people are just worried about the general situation and the war with Russia and so on and so forth. But a, a sub right there under that is how much of this white nationalism, uh, this anti-Semitic neo-Nazi stuff has worked its way into the echelons of the Ukrainian government itself. So, link this in the description on Rumble. You can read the rest of the article yourself. But there's this hazy little shady 
thing in the background that's creeping into this uh, Russian war in Ukraine that's not that did not start in February of 2022 it's been building and building for a while so you know where all parties are at on this and these neo-nazis in these outlying sections of Ukraine have been a big part of all of this from the beginning we read in this art in these articles going Pardon me. We read in these articles that these neo-Nazi groups can be traced all the way back to 2005. Uh, and it's all because, you know, of course, the Ukrainian military was not up to snuff to fight the Red Army. So they had to use these uh, proxy soldiers, these vigilantes, these mercenaries to hold down the fort and fight the fight in the Donbass region. And there are a lot of stories of war crimes and different problems with these guys up in the Donbass region, even reaching the level that some Russian, there's a lot, there are a lot of people in Ukraine that identify as Russian and speak Russian, guys. Uh, And these members of this Donbass region and the Donkirst region have complained about these neo-Nazis committing atrocities, war crimes, uh, and even genocide, okay? So that's that's a, a nutshell on this. God bless you guys. I promised you a breakdown on some neo-Nazi stuff in Ukraine. Uh, We had to get off a little bit and talk about the uh, economic situation that's being caused by these sanctions. uh, An economic situation that's going to blow back into the United States. Uh, Our little buddy there from the Ultimate Fighting went a little bit long. But I think you might have got some information out of there. And it's just good to have some kind of different voice uh, out there. Maybe he's not the most well-spoken, but he's the most down-to-earth. And sometimes you just need that. So God bless y'all. Pray for one another. Thanks for watching, listening. I hope you stuck around for the whole hour of my bullshit. (laughs) Talk to y'all later. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm a real American